0: The story of the leaky bucket is, I have to say, one of my favorites. I've heard this in so many iterations. I've had the chance to tell this in so many iterations over time. There are multiple forms and versions of it across years and cultures and continents. It is one of those most enduring stories I have found in my time as a minister. It might be a person who... uh, In this case, you know, in the story we just heard, it was a person who is walking to simply provide water for her own home, and having done so for quite some time, it could be a person who is bringing water to a king's house, a king's table, if you will, and so those flowers would be to decorate and to be part of this uh, person's service and care for the people that she respects. I wonder, what I want to do is kind of take a, a moment back. If it was these buckets and this woman, who on earth told the buckets that they had to be perfect? Like, wait a second. How did that bucket that was the one that was like, you know, all intact, no leaks, no brokenness, no nothing. How did that one get such an attitude? Like, wait a second. Who told the bucket? It, was glorious to be perfect and that that bucket that had the crack that it had to be perfect or it wasn't any good. Who pumped up the bucket, if you will, and let that bucket with the crack feel not worthy and not enough. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a familiar story. of being told in so many ways in our lives that we have to be everything or we are not enough. We have to be the right color, the right form, the right gender, the right person, have the right education or the right income, live in the right place. Otherwise, you might get your help. You might get support. I can see how so much of what we are navigating and struggling with in our society keeps coming from a narrative of you are not enough. And if you are not entirely whole in the way that people think you should be, that you're less than, you are unworthy. It might even be the root of some theology like ours to say counter to any narrative that says you are not enough, that everybody is worthy, that everybody, that everybody is worthy. We don't always know what to do with that, but everybody is worthy. I think it just could be this, so much at the root of our society and our struggle the root of so much heartache, that telling people that they do not have worth, that they are not even human, that they are never going to be okay. We had that in the founding of our country, saying some people could be wholly voting people and some people were three-fifths, right? It goes back much farther than that, of course. And our human experience is one of, We keep trying to counter the story ourselves. That broken bucket thinking to itself, how do I keep going on? I keep being employed, I keep doing my best, but how can I keep seeing myself as okay, as worthy? Because I'm never going to be enough. I think the heart song of that bucket, I was thinking in music for the Sunday, the heart song of that that bucket might be Uh, the piece, Beautiful, written by Linda Perry and made famous by Christina Aguilera about 20 years ago. Every day is so wonderful, and suddenly it's hard to breathe. Now and then, I get insecure from all the pain. I'm so ashamed. And I am beautiful no matter what they say. Words can bring me down. And I am beautiful in every single way. Words can't bring me down, oh no, so don't you bring me down today. And every day that bucket, every load of water, that bucket singing to itself, don't bring me down today. But that finally hitting a limit and speaking up and asking this question, Of the woman trying to just, by asking that question, changing the system, so moved by their own distress, that bucket, so moved by their own discomfort, will finally just talk to the person. And the woman to the leaky bucket says, yes, don't you know I know about you? Hold on a second, that's a change in narrative. The woman's saying, yes, of course I know. Of course I know. I know that this is part of you. I know that you leak. And I understand how what is part of you fits with this world, fits with what we can create together. And look at the seeds and the flowers that are there because we are creating this together. Let me show you the flowers. Let me tell you about the seeds the woman might sing to the bucket. You are beautiful, no matter what they say. Words can't bring you down, no. And you are beautiful in every single way. Words can't bring you down, no. Nothing will bring you down today. In this contemplation of co-creation, we as a congregation get to be singing to each other, don't you bring me down. We get to sing to the world, don't you bring me down. We add our voices and show to each other like the woman did, I see who you are and this is how we can put everything we are together to make something new. The process of creation is is if no other thing, to simply make known, to make explicit what it is we are trying to accomplish with all that is glorious around us and all that is funky and flawed in us. The great challenges are how much we get in our own way, how much we doubt ourselves, how much we wonder how much it is hard to know how to choose the path and what to create. We get in our own way when we talk those words to ourselves, those narratives that says we are not enough. But I'll just say the world gets in our way as well. Can I get an amen? The world gets in our way as well. Like that perfect bucket saying, mm-mm, I'm all good and you ain't. The world gets in our way by showing us images and narratives and stories that says that said, This is the image you need to be, this is the level of money you need to have, this is the kind of house you should have. We are still would think after all the 20th century nonsense, we would still we could figure this out. But no, we're still telling each other these stories. We are still holding each other to our expectations of perfection, that there is one way to be. There is one color that gets the power. There is one set of physical abilities that has the status. There's one kind of education that gets us on the path to prosperous life and so on. We are creating something, making a more beautiful world together in the face of all of those messages. I keep getting, we keep getting various magazines into the house. I don't know about you, but we still get magazines in the house. And the art and the fashion is stunning. And yet, and yet it's still one kind of beauty. We're getting better, but there's still so many sources that are limited in those images. We are starting from, in this co-creative act, we are starting from finite, mortal, singular selves. I mean, make no mistake, we are. You know what Marge Piercy asks, what will you do with your one wild and precious life? As a congregation, we offer an answer, kind of singular to that, but also with the community. To be present, we are trying to be. To be present with the particular configuration of this form, Whatever form we have, at whatever point in the arc of our lives we are, for even the form doesn't stay the same either. We're not terribly durable creatures. Our mortal selves are the accumulation of injuries and healing and genetics and illness and food and drink better living and troubled living through chemistry all at once, the knowledge of our bodies, how others treat us, what we have access to for resources and assistance and education. Even as we are trying to be creative beings in our mortal selves, nothing remains fixed in our human beingness. It is fortunate then, it is fortunate then that we don't actually do this alone. We don't do this act of creation alone in our own lives. We don't have to. I think we often feel like there's nothing, but there's, there's, we, that we are alone, but we don't have to be alone. We are, in fact, co creationists in this world. So that's the other theological statement. One, that we are worthy, and two, that we are co-active in what's happening around us. And just simply that knowledge, you know, that conversation with the bucket, the leaky bucket and the woman saying, no, we have a relationship here. That by itself can spur us into new forms new discoveries, new paths that might lead us into our aspirations, our hopes as individuals, and as a beloved community. The community that when we're finally asking each other, oh my goodness, I'm hurting and I don't know what to do, that those can be those moments of saying, to reveal to ourselves and to each other, We have been figuring this out along the way with all our gifts and all our challenges. I am so stunned by finding beauty in all of the places that I can in life as we've been going along. You know, as the woman reveals to the bucket, look at these flowers. Part of our practice in the co-ness of things is to keep being aware as much as possible about what is already around us and within us. I am paused and taken aback by beauty as it appears in joys and sorrows, both the condolences and the anniversaries, in singing in the choir, hearing the choir this morning, what comes in our covenant groups, the ongoing relationships, the work and the finished project uh, from last week of our labyrinth. I am stunned by the woods themselves. As we're reminded by Gene Sloan, this is our moment to be getting ready for what is to come and that the heart of that is being present to each other, with each other, and honest with each other about, gosh, this is... a this is a struggle. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to be creative and imaginative. And you know, this is a question at the heart of our church, at the heart of all religious institutions. I mean, I grew up, you know, in the traditional 20th century Protestant church model, and I loved it you know, give me the rummage sale and give me the potluck and give me all of these other things that we get messy in person. Because and I loved it because of the inclusive liberal theology. I wonder if part of what the struggle right now is like that leaky bucket. There's been this brokenness, this hardship, this challenge of not knowing what church has been that maybe church feels a little broken, that what we're trying to create feels a little off kilter. That there's something leaking and we don't know how to patch it and we don't know what to do from there. Because I will tell you that at this point, You know, on that March 13th, 2020, when everybody had to go online, that was the critical moment when Protestant worship had to change radically. That we hadn't had to do that in hundreds of years, and all of a sudden, we had to change. And now here we are in this, what do we do now? And wondering how to gather together again in all the ways. Some of the ways that we have have been brilliant and wonderful. To be in the memorial with people and celebrating yesterday was excellent. But we're never going to be the church that we were, we're never going to be what was. In fact, we owe it to ourselves to be something different. We owe it to those who find us to be another path altogether. Still church, still a beloved community, still telling our stories, revealing love and sorrow, continuing to be in so many ways, but now we are being in so many ways. What has changed and grown is our language, the ways in which we encounter each other. Our work. Our work as individuals and as a beloved community is as co-creationists with all the stumbling blocks along the way. We are co-evolutionists too both creating and evolving all at once. No wonder it's a challenge. No wonder it is so difficult and because sometimes we will be disappointed. We will misunderstand each other enthusiastically. We will have different priorities and needs and understandings about what's going forward. We will be doing the cosmic work a cosmic work of which we all are a part. You know, the bucket will be doing that one trip along the path at a time. We'll be doing it one cup of coffee at a time. So I want to tell you that from one cracked bucket to another, we are in the midst of great work. Our work. In such a place as beyond time and history and the cosmic theme of things, a singular congregation may not be much, one person may not be much, but we are part of the great legacy in the immediate scale of human time of being willing to rise up and advocate for compassion, for justice, for knowing that we are deeply interconnected and acting from that. From my colleague, Sean Parker Dennison, he says, the ability to see beauty is the beginning of our moral sensibility. What we believe is beautiful, we will not wantonly destroy. What we believe is beautiful, we will not destroy. So we commit ourselves to to creation, to transformation, to being part of the tides that flow We hold on to one another when the shift is too much or when the world tells us we are not enough. And in doing that work, we would sing to each other. Because we are beautiful no matter what they say. Words can't bring us down, no. And we are beautiful in every single way. Words can't... Bring us down, no, we won't be brought down today. Rather, we are building new ways, even as we make room for people at different places on the journey. Because all of us need all of us to make it. In our beautiful, time-limited, singular selves, we live in our co-ness, our coexistence, co creative, co-revolutionary, and evolutionary selves. And I invite you in this moment, let us let this evolution begin and begin again and continue and continue on. Amen.